is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right of the London is Blue podcast, and for the first time for this crew in a couple of days, an episode not from London. Dan here, one of your hosts, alongside Nick and editor slash producer Jake. And this is a little bit, Nick, of a, not match review, but a trip review. So it's a little atypical, but we try to do this at the end of every major trip, every major milestone that the podcast has. And uh, coming up on almost 800 lifetime episodes, we felt it was important to bring the listeners back through the highs and lows of our trip back to London for the first time in two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Every time that we do this, we like to take uh, all of you along the journey. Uh, I'm sure if you're paying attention to social media or listen to any of the shows that we did uh, while we were in the UK, you, you got a little sense of that. But what we want to do is kind of take you through the last 10 days, uh, share some highs, share some lows, uh, you know, just give you a sense for how, for how the trip went. And, uh, and what we uh, what we might do in the future with it, but yeah, really excited to uh, to bring Jake in on this one because, as you know, uh, Dan Brandon not able to make this trip, uh, ended up getting COVID and he, and he couldn't make kind of the last stretch of this one. So, uh, producer Jake in the, in the third chair on the trip for the first time, uh, thoughts and feelings. Yeah, we uh, we had to keep the three, I think. Uh, <laughs> Triumph apparently. It's it's we'll never ever get to the quad phase maybe uh, unless except for uh, I don't know maybe some kind of summer celebration of Chelsea that's just an idea I have I don't mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody else has had this idea but uh, yeah no I'm glad that I got to be there with y'all I'm glad that we got to conquer London a little bit glad we got to see some good. Football. Conquer London. Like, we used to be very careful about that because of the (laughs) historical nature of our two countries. That is not what we did. We conquered having a good time while in London. That's a very good point. Uh, Better words to use, I would say, for sure. Um, But yeah, I'm super glad I got to get along for this trip. It was was a great time. I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun recapping some of its best moments. Well... I think the easiest way for us to do that is chronologically. And look, uh, we we traveled and got there. That, that was issue you know, number one. No Porto-like travel experiences for anyone here. Much more straightforward. 18 minutes uh, was my timer for the L- you know, start of the security line at Heathrow to getting through customs and border control. So look, this was a much, much better travel experience for all of us. But Nick, it was very quickly that we arrived and got right into a match day. I think that's the thing that we would want to highlight is it was a very push-button-and-go type of trip for us right into the Wolves match day. Yeah, I mean, I got in a little later than you Friday. We all met up for dinner on Friday night and crashed pretty early because we knew uh, the typical match day at home Going to Sanford Bridge is a big old day out, and uh, and that proved to be correct. Started the day at Deshoom, uh for breakfast nons, which if you've never been to Deshoom, uh, there, are, there are a handful of locations in London. It is simply one of the best things you could ever ask for for breakfast. And, uh, and met up with a couple of my friends, uh, Mary-Kate and Carson from Kansas City for that breakfast, and then 
Dan, on to one of our favorite places on earth, the Cock Tavern. Yes, uh, it was wonderful to bring Jake there for the first time as well. I mean, let's just not, you know, fast forward through the fact that Jake also uncovered new delights that we were previously unaware about on the Deshoom menu. And again, not sponsored by Deshoom at all. If anyone who is listening is affiliated with Deshoom, feel free to give us a call and we'll work something out. We but, will uh, be sponsored by you if you want. <laughs> Uh, we, we did discover uh, their phenomenal porridge, which uh, Jake, not one bowl, but two bowls two of porridge to get started. Bowls of porridge. And you know what's crazy? It, there could have been more. Bottomless porridge. I mean, c- t- come on. They're doing it different over there. I don't know. It's, 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 it's immaculate. I don't know what else to say. But um, yeah, a lot of firsts. That day, uh, first trip to the bridge, first trip to the Cox Tavern, first trip to Deshoom. We really went and knocked off all the things on my checklist for for a good match day. And it was beautiful outside. I think we should mention, as it was for 99% of our trip um, outside of maybe the last day. So shout out to the weather for really sticking it with us. It was great <laughs> stuff. But yeah, quite the quite the start to our match day. And we saw a lot of familiar faces, I would say, at the Cock Tavern. A lot of, An important step in our day. A lot of Londoners or, or native UK folks were very jealous of the 10-day stretch that we picked from a weather perspective. And Yeah, we had plenty of people tell us that uh, we could not have possibly been at a better time for the weather, I think. Or if we were the reason that the weather turned that way to never leave. You're welcome. That's <laughs> true, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cock Tavern, big day out. Uh, we got there early. Enjoyed the vibes out in the garden. Uh, saw basically everyone uh, that we wanted to see, Dan, in, in one fell swoop. Saw our friends from the fan cast. Saw a bunch of uh, listeners who decided to come up and, and say hi. Bought beers for a bunch of people. I mean, what what else do you want? It's, it's just the best place ever. Look, for those who haven't heard us recount it before, have not been, you know, you're walking into what you just assume is not another pub in london which is a great place to be just first and foremost but as you walk deeper and deeper into the building and you go through the glass back doors that are waved open you walk into this wonderful little backyard patio area uh, which also did have some covering because this was actually one of the only match days where it was overcast and a slight threat of rain loomed and also buoyed by some of the ownership news that was transpiring on that same right. day that Todd Bowley um, was, in fact, going to be moving forward with a massive multi-billion pound acquisition uh, with him and his consortium of Chelsea. There were a lot of positive vibes on that back patio uh, heading into that Wolves match. But again, uh, I-, I can't even count and I would feel extremely terrible trying to recount everyone we spent time with. Because you know, just at a place like that, you bump into everyone and every anyone that you could think of um, within your kind of match day circle, and not just us getting to see people in there, but us seeing people that we know who haven't seen each other for multiple months or multiple kind of you know match days, getting a chance to connect as well is a, is a nice thing too. There's all the positive vibes. The vibes were great. I'm going to name a few people, uh, even though you said you oh, okay. Were, you're you're going to do the I'm going to do cool. the na- okay. and, and inevitably we'll miss people. Uh, but listener Nick, who came up and, and introduced himself, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of good fun there. 
all the guys from the fan cast between Chidge and Silves and Tony Glover, who I absolutely adore talking to. Uh, we saw we saw both Glanvilles, uh, junior and senior, uh, on the day. Um, and and look in, in a spot like this, a ton of you know just friends uh, who who made it over, including the illustrious Terry Kamatsu, Dan, who is like we've said multiple times, the most beloved Chelsea fan in the entire universe. I think Jake had a little bit of a starstruck uh, fanning out fanning out <laughs> moment, as it were. And uh, look, I, I know uh, Jake, you uh, have adored from far, but Terry Komatsu in person, as good as the Instagram. Is it an Instagram versus reality situation? I think Terry was even friendlier than I could have ever imagined, <laughs> and I will never stop geeking about how excited I was to meet Terry. And uh, I'm glad that we saw him multiple times. Even. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really, we really got lucky with running into Terry. It was a great time. We we definitely knocked it out of the park in terms of engagements with one Mr. Kamatsu. <laughs> one could call it Terry time, even. Um, <laughs> and uh, last last shot I would make is is to our friends from the uh, Twin Cities Blues, of course, uh, Chad, Danny, and and Josh, who. Uh, we're there for the entire time that we were there, and we saw them basically every time that there was a match out and just in random spots or pubs. So huge shouts to those guys. They're uh, they're fantastic, and they have a great chapter in Minnesota. Oh, plus you also had Galen and his daughter yes. taking in the, her first game at Sanford Bridge. Again, uh, and, and sorted by, uh, you know, I think Marco was able to kind of finally get them sorted as well, too. We saw him uh, on Fulham Road as well. So, again, just really... Nice day, nice interactions. And then we had a match that was eh, a lot of good, not a lot of great. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will say, though, Nick, this was our first time, and we didn't talk about this in the match review, in the Westview area, Mm. which, for those who don't know, was a updated hospitality area. And and look, uh, beggars are not choosers when it comes to uh, (laughs) taking... Tickets. Yes, the atmosphere in the Matthew Harding typically tends to be much better than most areas of the ground. Uh, but when there are sanctions, when tickets aren't as easily available, and we are thankful for uh, fellow supporters and others who kind of helped us kind of coordinate that effort. Um, thoughts on the Westview area as it relates to uh, kind of taking a match to Sanford Bridge. Yeah, I mean, it's it certainly upgraded from what it was. You know, we were, uh, we, we've been up there quite a few times on match days in, in the West Side. And it was, uh, it was a little, it was a little more uh, fancy, a little bit more American sports bar-ish, if you will. Um, you know, I've heard that the, the ticket prices are going to be much more expensive next year. So one wonders, you know, kind of where the, the value is going to come from in that situation. But uh, for for where we were, it, it was a better overall experience, a lot quicker to get drinks than it used to be, and uh, just seemed to be a little bit more space up there. Um, so that was good. I did not experience any additional 5G coverage from our friends at 3 while we were uh, in, in the stadium. But, yeah, it's a, it's a nicer area. And then, you know, the view, I think, which is uh, the view of the Westview uh, name, is a pretty good view of Stanford Bridge. I mean, you basically get to see the entire field kind of FIFA video game style and they have screens basically littered, uh, you know, up there so you can get kind of the, uh, the replays and stuff like that. So, 
uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to the bridge uh, for the last two matches of the year, it's it's an interesting place to sit. Yeah, I would add to that that I found the in stadium service, you know, in terms of like food and whatnot. Didn't, didn't take advantage of any of the food, but it looked like people were getting things turned around pretty quickly. A lot mm-hmm. more easy access, kind of pickup locations. Uh, the the beer, unfortunately, is still Cena. Uh, so <laughs> look, look, you can get a beer quickly, but do you really want that beer? You got to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? And the answer is not that bad. Uh, and then I would say the 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 kind of final like you know kind of thought on it is the view is great in terms of being able to take in the game and so like when we were looking at watching Lukaku with on some of his runs which was a really this was a good game to watch Lukaku on runs uh it was very good I I would say though the fair kind of comment is that the atmosphere is not all that great you do get you know there's a hospitality section so there are a lot of international supporters maybe first time individuals or goers to the bridge who may not be familiar with all the songs all the chants and so some of the atmosphere that you do get while going to other areas of the ground just doesn't really marry up with maybe kind of your ultimate uh fan experience but yeah all in all it is a great option and anytime you get to see chelsea is is fantastic so that's kind of a a little micro review in this review of the westfield uh westview and uh and kind of what it offers but nick a match happened it was a, a draw magically and uh we had to find some way to Lift spirits after that because there was a bit of a, a downer in the day. It was becoming a downer. We had to rally. What did we do? When looking for disappointment drinks, there's only one spot to go, Dan, and that's the Atlas Pub. Uh, very close. I don't think that's the no? motto that they <laughs> want. Not, disappointment that, that, drinks. We <laughs> find like them the here. That's that's yeah. not that's not the selling point. Okay, but look, we've done we've done the Atlas Pub for disappointment drinks many a day, and uh, and this day was no different. And Look, I mean, I I love the Cock Tavern. I think the Atlas Pub is also up there for me in terms of uh, pubs around Stanford Bridge. It has a great food selection. It has a great beer selection. It has a great beer garden. Uh, We basically saw everyone that we saw before the match uh, out there. And then we saw some other faces like Andrew McDougall, part of the Porto Five. Uh, as well. So yeah, it was a really, it was a really great time just hanging out with people, commiserating and, uh, you know, swearing a lot, uh, if you're me and, uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, having, having not been there in a couple of years, really, uh, really enjoyed it and glad it's still open. You know, Jake, there were a lot of conversations that were happening too. a lot of conversation about Todd Bowley and the whistle, the infamous whistle, the whistle, uh, people asking us about it as Americans. What, what is this thing that he does? Um, but yeah, I mean, your, your first trip, not just the, the, the cock tavern, but the Atlas as well. Any thoughts or feelings on the, uh, the post match experience as it were? Um, I will say the Atlas was very pretty, had some good aesthetics to it. The outside area was, mm. was quite the view. I got some, some cool pictures of the, the, the building face out there. And, uh, yeah, I won't lie. I was, I was pretty pooped for this one. The game really like sucked the energy out of me, like vampirically. So I was definitely on a chill vibe, and I think everyone else there really was too. But plenty of interesting chatter about the match we'd witnessed. Um, I know that there was some other interesting conversations going on. I'm trying to remember, but there was there was some funny bits that day. It was it was a nice, pleasant recovery experience. I would say for sure. 
Well, we recovered only so long as to go and grab dinner and find a place that was playing the Spurs versus Arsenal match, or sorry, Liverpool match, and to be disappointed in the end outcome of that experience. And that's kind of wrapped us on day one, Nick. And, you know, it only got uh, went up from there for at least the majority of the trip. That is true, because the next day uh, is, I think, is my favorite day of the entire trip. And, and this was Sunday, May 8th. Uh, also known as as, uh, as Championship Sunday for the Chelsea women, uh, we started the day by getting rid of our hangovers at at friend of the pod Clayton Bierman's lovely home. Um, he and his uh, his family welcomed us in and uh, and fed us some food and helped us uh, get a little bit of our hangover gone. And uh, and then you know because Clayton lives kind of over by the Kings Meadow area, Dan. We had a nice little 20-minute walk on a beautiful 70-degree sunny day. Uh, you couldn't have asked for better weather uh, for, for, for Championship Sunday. And we went back to, the, to Kings Meadow for the first time in, in almost three years. It's been early 2019 since the last time we were there. Uh, yeah, just a beautiful day out to start. Well, look, there is an ongoing issue for not just Chelsea women's and Chelsea men's supporters. Uh, you know, hopefully you are both one and the same, but we know that that is not always the truth in terms of uh, in terms of how support flows. But there's an ongoing issue that the Chelsea women's supporters group and Chelsea Pride have advocated for, have sent messages to the board about that. It's very difficult sometimes for supporters of both teams to be able to watch their one club because a lot of matches overlap. A lot of matches happen on the same day or on times on the same day that make it inconvenient or nigh impossible unless you have infinite resources and infinite time or potentially a time stone. I don't know. If you have any of those things, maybe you'd be able to pull this off. But thankfully for us, the matches were on different days and we weren't forced as supporters to choose between watching this brilliant Chelsea women team win the league in dramatic fashion and watching the Chelsea men's team uh, give up a, a two-goal lead in the <laughs> 77th minute moving forward. We didn't have that issue today, but we have had it on, on previous trips. And you, know, you think about wanting to grow the game, that is going to be something that needs to be addressed. And we appreciate the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group, Chelsea Pride, for continuing to push that message. But we had been to Kings Meadow before, or Queens Meadow, uh, Kings Meadow before. Jake cannot. Jake... Were you surprised at the atmosphere, at the mood, at the energy for a sellout, a sellout at the home ground of the Chelsea women? You know, I can't say I was surprised per se, but I was thoroughly um, not disappointed. What is the other word? I would say impre the impressed is probably the word you're looking for, impressed, my guy. Impressed, yep. happy, satisfied is maybe a good Elated, word. even? Elated. <laughs> I, I was I was thrilled to there see that it was everything I anticipated it to be. Um, I had a really good time at Kings Meadow. It felt like everything I wanted it to be. It was like this community of just families and people who really love Chelsea that were all there and just passionate about this team. And it's something I don't really get to see on the internet as much since the men's team is kind of dominating the social space at times. And dominating the conversation at times, it was really nice to be somewhere where everyone was really passionate about the women's team in a way that we kind of have grown to be over the last couple of years. So 
it was really exciting. And I, I had a great, great, great time watching this match. And it was about as much of a world beater match as we could have possibly gotten in terms of drama and immaculate goals. So, and the view of said immaculate goals about everything happened in front of us, except for one Aaron Cuthbert goal. So incredible match, really. Yeah, we, we did luck out in uh, receiving a 4-2 thriller that uh, kept you, if you had a seat, on the edge of your seat. Uh, we were in the standing section on the east side and had a chance to just uh, take in a lot of Sam Kerr glory and many other positive things uh, from that. But, Nick, we quickly moved into celebration mode because that was the energy afterwards. And uh, celebration, witnessing the players on the pitch doing it, but then celebrating ourselves uh, with the aforementioned uh, Chelsea women and uh, Chelsea pride groups uh, at a, a pub closer into town. Yep, yep. Met up with uh, with Blue Royalty host Jesse, uh, who uh, celebrated immediately by jumping into my arms, <laughs> which was awesome. Uh, we walked over to the pub, uh, recorded a podcast, which is honestly one of my favorite things to do in the whole world. We sat around a table with some beers, recanted the day. Please go listen to that podcast if you haven't already, uh, because it, I think it's my favorite one that we recorded on the trip. And uh, and then we went up and met up with Tracy uh, from Chelsea Pride, who, you know, of all the people around Chelsea, is absolutely one of my favorite people. Just brings the energy, brings the absolute shit talk. It was fantastic uh, to be around. Uh, the Chelsea Women Supporters Group and the Chelsea Pride Group uh, to meet all those folks. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe we had a few beers, maybe we didn't, who's to say? And then uh, and then we were recommended a wonderful curry spot, Dan, to uh, wrap what had been just an absolutely glorious day top to bottom. Yeah, I think the thing you don't realize about Nick is if you take Nick to any establishment, but primarily in any restaurant, his standard way of ordering for the table is to take a menu, open it briefly, look for a drink, and then close the menu <laughs> and hand it back to the waiter and say, what do you recommend? And uh, you know, it very considerate of the table, though, asking for you know, meat preferences, mm -hmm. potentially, mm -hmm. or you know, uh, alternative meat preferences, depending upon your eating criteria. And uh, to let the, the, the journey unfold. And we did go on a, a taste journey of India um, that was quite delectable. And that uh, that set us into the week. It set the week up for success. And we're going to get into the remainder of our time there, including the multiple trips to Wembley, a crazy trip to Leeds. But we're going to take a quick ad break. And we, when we get back, we'll get into all that. But we want to thank these support uh, these these individuals and these companies for financially supporting the show. We'll be right back. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it, 
it it goes down quickly uh and like i said you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily uh, but hey don't listen to me athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews it's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as tim Ferriss and michael gervais so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills supplements to look out for your gut health to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so we have to get into the fact that uh, you know, we did have a couple dinners during the week, Nick, uh, before we got into the trip to Leeds. So I want to thank the, the Glanville family for, for meeting us out and mm-hmm. taking us to uh, a real old American-style sports pub to watch some football TV's and enjoy everywhere. some drinks. Exactly. TV's everywhere. If that's not an American sports pub, whew, I don't know what is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, dinner with the Glanvilles is fantastic. Would encourage anyone to reach out to them and just book dinners in advance. Uh, we could talk to Rick about Chelsea history all day. We can talk to Ollie about all the latest and greatest rumors coming through all day. And you know, look, we may or may not be working on a project with old Rick here pretty quick. So just uh, stay tuned for that. And and then yeah, the next day, you know, Dan and I were were working a bit on this trip. To be fair, and. So the dinners were a chance to kind of stretch our legs a bit. And the next day we had, uh, I think, I think the best actual like dinner dinner of the trip um, and uh, went out for some tapas. Um, and I forget the name mm-hmm. of the restaurant. What was the name of the restaurant? Camino. Camino. Yeah. I went out for some tapas with with Dan Silves and absolutely uh, lit up the menu, brought you know, all sorts of goodies over, Dan, uh, and discovered an important trick to the drinking trade, the gin and tonic. Well, I, I think I would say, you know, just much like uh, the infamous pivot to video um, by one company. Um, look, the pivot to GNT happened uh, at this moment on the trip and uh, served us extremely well uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, the, the embracing a lighter vibe, a lighter mood, a lighter attitude about what was going on. And uh, we did so as we headed onto the train the next day, heading up to Leeds. Yeah. I, okay. So th- let's let's do a little backstory on the old Leeds trip here. I, this is something, uh, to be fair to Dan, that he pushed for. Um, we we saw that I did that the I was a pusher. I pushed. He things. did. He did push this trip. Um, so essentially, because of Chelsea advancing the Champions League and some other things, the Leeds match got pushed from like m- mid April or late April to kind of early. May and so this kind of fell while we were there. We'd only been to one real away match in England, uh, and that was to Crystal Palace, which is, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump away from the bridge. And so uh, Dan decided for the second act of our away trip day, we were going to go to the place where they hate us the most in the entire world, and that was to Leeds. So we hopped on a train, uh, a train that got canceled and then rescheduled, uh, with our one can of G and T in hand, and a, and a, and nothing but a dream. And uh, and got to Leeds and uh, and took in what was a pretty incredible and uh, visually 
uh, crazy uh, match day uh, up in up in, uh, in Leeds. Visually and audio, we oh. auditorily, hmm. I would say it was uh, it was. We heard a lot. Most of it directed our way wasn't great, um, but wasn't great. Bob. But it was loud. It was sure they really raised the volume up there. And look, this was the first match at Leeds, Dan, that uh, had fans in the stadium uh, in a Premier League uh, fashion for over twenty years. Uh, you know, Leeds have sucked uh, and still <laughs> and still do, and Chelsea have been champions of the world and also champions of Europe during this time, and so. These two teams, opposite trajectories, one good, one bad. And uh, when we got up there, Leeds had slipped into a relegation spot. We were excited to potentially send them down uh, to the championship. And uh, they did not disappoint in bringing the noise and the ruckus. Yeah, there was plenty of both to be had, to be fair, during the time there. Uh, again, we had a wonderful recommendation from the Glam Hills to go to uh, White Lawn oh, Sale House, which my. we spent an inordinate amount of time at. God, it's fantastic. that place is amazing. <laughs> the, all, like yeah. the pub scene in Leeds, two thumbs up. Yeah, quite nice. Yeah, there was a, a wonderful uh, winning of lunch by uh, yours truly with the uh, tactical move to fish and chips. Sure. Uh, and that was... Uh, Really, I just nailed it and uh, had to meet, get the opportunity to meet uh, Adam Newsom from Football London, who mm-hmm. joined us for a little bit of a uh, pre-match uh, conversation, which was good to get on the books. And uh, look, we may have gone to another pub. We may have found ourselves bunched uh, among some other Chelsea supporters, and someone may have let off a flare of some sort and thrown it out in an alley, <laughs> and it was blue smoke. And as we were trying to keep an extremely low profile uh, with our plan of if we were asked if we were American Chelsea supporters, uh, we may or may not have thought about what we would chant or say um, to show that we were just American supporters like of Jesse Marsh um, if uh, if it ever came to that. But uh, did not. It was a much maybe safer experience um, than one might think, uh, even though we were cautioned uh, quite heavily by many friends about uh, just general match day safety, which, again, safety Mm -hmm. is smart. That is the right thing to do. But, yeah, we watched Leeds get thrashed. Oh, it was delicious. It was glorious. And uh, we got to channel them for 90 minutes of just pure joy. Well, and look, you know, before the match, met up with with listener of the show Nick again and his cohort. We saw Louis Benaventi and Chelsea, uh, who joined us um, for for the ride over and for some post match drinks, and recorded a um, I, I would say effervescent show uh, after Leeds <laughs> with with Louis, who was in in fine form uh, on that one, and. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a it ended up being a phenomenal timeout. Couldn't wait to get back to London uh, and and kind of uh, take on Thursday and Friday, which involved, you know, many, 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 many drinks. But yeah, the overall experience in Leeds was fantastic. You know, once we were kind of out of the stadium atmosphere, it was uh, a little felt a little safer. But uh, yeah, it was it was a hell of a match. They out the Chelsea away support were on one uh, and uh, not not taking any flack off the lead supporters. So big up to anyone who was there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, on to the, the rest of the journey, Dan. Well, I, I, I would like to add, it, um, also oh, ahead, I rewatched the highlights for that match today. And, uh, while, while I knew we were loud, um, the noise level, even in the highlights video that I watched today was 
absurd from our section. So to really put it in perspective, it wasn't just us uh, hearing all that noise. It, it, it was it was rocking. It was loud. It was a little noisy in there. It was. The, the, the only last thing I want to add is that uh, as we were leaving uh, the ground, we got caught behind. <laughs> and, and thankfully, it was in the Chelsea supporter, the way area with uh, other Chelsea supporters. But uh, Scott, also known to many as Care for Youth, uh, had a chance to connect with us as well. Uh, deceptively tall individual. Deceptively and, uh, tall. Never, um, never saw that coming. People... Like you just you get grabbed from behind in this area and you're like ah what's happening now and you look up and it's this tree of a human being, uh so yeah thanks for that Scott appreciate it it was quite 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 lovely though to finally uh, make the the time in person as well so again a lot a lot of firsts on this trip but uh, we did make it back into London uh, we did have to uh, you know we we changed trains we got the early train. Uh, got to listen to people try to spoil Multiverse of Madness for me. Didn't let it happen. Did not let it happen. We made it back. Um, we got a chance to just kind of recuperate a little bit. Uh, and then Nick, again, the tour of London pubs continued with a uh, good friend of the podcast as Arkansas. Absolutely. Um, you know, quickly before this, we, we did uh, meet uh, friend Ellie Hellenick, uh, who was who was there recording some content with the club. Um, so we had a, a drink at the the Butcher's Hook with her and her husband. So that was super nice. And then, uh, yeah, the main event after a hell of a day of travel and and a handful of meetings, um, we uh, we met up with Nazar Kinsla for uh, let's call it a smattering of beers and some really good pub food uh, at the Prospect of Whitby. Um, along the river got to see one of his sneaky uh uh summer hideout spots which was cool ask him for it if you're if you're interested and uh and yeah just a phenomenal night catching up with him i mean he's absolutely one of our favorites you guys know that he's on the show every month and uh he's a better hang in person uh over a couple of beers has a ton of stories to share and uh look man the the cat is just moving up in life dan he's doing everything right and uh Super happy for him. I, I will throw a special shout. Um, you know, sorry, I'm moving Naz out of the way here for a bit, but uh, we did meet up with a, a special friend at the at the Chelsea Museum, you know. So you should uh, should tell the folks uh, about that. Yeah. The man, the myth, the legend, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh it was quite a good little uh pre dinner activity. And and look, uh got a chance to uh, see what's been going on at the museum with uh, it kind of really, I mean, they've only been able to service customers that have been pre-booked in a tourist at the moment due to sanctions. So unless you are a uh, guest of a fr- friend of the club who has access and is uh, willing to say, hey, come on over to see me, love to see you guys, um, or you had pre-booked a tour months in advance before the sanctions hit, uh, they've effectively been running the the best single guided tours in the land uh, at one of the, you know, I think underappreciated elements of Chelsea Football Club is the museum, uh, particularly with the, the curation, the work that they do to really tell a story, to take you through a journey. And the new trophy room is just sick. The new trophy room really helps paint the picture for just how successful Chelsea Football Club has been over the years, Nick, and definitely felt a, a little bit more of a had a little more wow factor. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pass this to Jake because Dan and I have been lucky enough to get the tour from Adam before, but Jake got a special tour given that this was just a single 
uh, group that he was dealing with. What, what were your thoughts on Adam's tour guide skills there, Jake? Yeah, it was um, quite epic. It was quite, quite overwhelming for me, honestly, having not been there before. I was I was just kind of walking around behind you guys while you had catching up conversation and just staring in awe at all the things that I had never seen. Um, some of my favorite moments, uh, the first match program ever was quite, mm. quite cool little booklet and had it in a case and that was really cool to see. Uh, all the kits were incredible. Some of the oldest kits in there were like mind-blowing to me. And yeah, that, that, that trophy room was, I mean... Stunning. Absolutely, yeah, beautiful to say the least. Um, yeah, quite the experience, quite the honor to get a little peek around some some special rooms in there as well. We kind of talked about it a little bit on one of the other pods. We we got to see some pretty epic things for sure. Yeah, and I would I would quickly add because uh, we didn't see this the last time we were there. It's been a few years since we've done the tour, obviously. The original charter for Chelsea Football Club, the founding of the club, those documents are in the museum. And Dan and I were just kind of like, whoa, like it was like it kind of blew you back a little bit because, you know, you've heard about all the tales at the Rising Sun. You've heard Rick speak in detail about the founding of the club, Dan, but to see the actual documents and the like really neat calligraphy on the dot, like it was just I don't know. For me, being a history buff, it was really, really cool. Yeah, handwritten text. What what a novel concept. Uh, how long may it continue? Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, never going to die out. Um, but yeah, it was a, a great time, great part of the trip, great experience, and uh, we look forward to uh, what Todd Bowley and company will do to continue to invest in the historical side of Chelsea, uh, both kind of within the stadium grounds. And also in uh, in the museum and uh, what Adam and uh, his team get to show off on a, a daily basis. With that, we have Friday. And uh, just as fast as the trip was for us and this episode is going, uh, it felt that way in real time. Uh, we did some things in the day. And then we hung out with uh, two, two friends we have not seen in quite some time. One since Porto and one since 2018 on a Champions League night. Um, it was Matt Law and uh, Olivia Blazaglo. Absolutely, set up a dinner with with two of our favorites, and uh, you know it was it was not a content creation opportunity. Although we could have done one hell of a podcast there if, if we wanted to, uh, but yeah, it was it was just fantastic to catch up with Matt for a bit, and you know, obviously our, our relationship with him is relationship with him has grown over the last couple of years. And you guys have listened to plenty of Matt Law specials, but. To get him in person over a couple of beers, he's a tremendous, tremendous hang. And Olivia is too. And, you know, they're different in the way that they see the world, uh, I think, which makes for really interesting conversation. And, uh, and yeah, we went to a wonderful, I think, Malaysian restaurant, Shampoo Shampoo. Malaysian Thai. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, correct. Had some wonderful green curry myself. Thanks for asking. And uh, and look, it was a uh, it was a great night out. I mean, it lasted much longer than I thought it would. Uh, so you know, as as you're walking home after this, you know, second or third gin that you didn't need, Dan, um, you kind of wonder, hey, what are my life decisions ahead of an FA Cup final? But uh, you know, we also met up with uh, Andrew McDougall again, and I think just had like a a really fun, chill night. It was it was excellent. Oh, the the right way to head into an FA Cup final is not ridiculously hungover, but it is 
on the back of a good time with friends before more good times with friends as well. And in the dark of night, in between the hours of midnight and sometimes stupid early morning, uh, a one Joe Tweeds also arrived in London to the uh, the mobile studio, the Airbnb that we were at to uh, further kickstart the the festivities as well. And uh, look, that that only set us off in a positive direction for the weekend ahead. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, <laughs> Tweed showing up really late. Uh, we put up the Tweed signal early in the day. That didn't obviously turn on until the nighttime, Dan, which was really a problem for us. Well, it was a sunny London yeah. day. That's what we yeah. had not anticipated. No rain clouds. No dark sky. None of that. We could not anticipate sure. all the sun. Yeah. It, it was uh, it, it was it was a late arrival for your boy, obviously, but uh, but then yeah, like champions and like clockwork, we were up again, grabbed some coffee with Tweeds, got ourselves mentally prepared for what was, you know, I think if you just listened to the FA Cup final uh, or FA, yeah the FA Cup final review that we did on on Monday, you'll know it was just an incredible day out, Jake. Uh, we. We're able to go spend some time in the sun with some friends prior to the match, take in the match, do some commiseration after. Any any particular shouts for that day? Um, you know, that day, it just felt like being in Florida in a weird way, which at this point in the trip, I... I Please don't slander London with trip. the name of Florida. Good Lord. <laughs> I've had a much longer trip than the other boys, um, having, ha- having had spent about three weeks by the time that we had gone to this FA Cup final. So so a little taste of Florida was nice. It was a nice sunny hot day and the the boys were wearing sunscreen. We were we were all kinds of prepared for the heat out at the pub. Um and I also will give a shout to how how pleasant Joe Tweeds is in real life. Um he lives up to all the charm of his internet persona, his international man of mystery vibes. They're all there in real life. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic to spend some time with Joe. And then fantastic to spend some time with all of the people at the pub just after the, this meeting. So it was it was, it was was really a great day, a great start to the day, uh, I'll say, <laughs> before this FA Cup final against Liverpool and, and all kinds of great faces at the pub. Well, yeah, the result did not go, uh, as, as many know at this point, to plan. But uh, the pre and post uh, was you know, filled with an at least enjoyable times amongst friends. Um, maybe not as jubilant on the second half of the day. Uh, I think Nick Verlaney made the tactical call for Smash Burgers. Uh, again, making a great decision for the table uh, to... <laughs> set us off in, in a better direction uh for our sunday festivities look uh i am i am a champion i'm not the hero that we deserved I'm, I'm the hero we needed you know and i'm glad i was able to show up in that moment uh but on a real note it did it did kind of bring our sunday forward and look you know you, you guys know and have heard multiple times over the last few years how big of fans we are about the, the of the chelsea women's team Sunday, FA Cup final for for the women. Uh, Chelsea plays Man City. Uh, we have some COVID testing to do. We have some brunching to do before we are able to get back to Wembley. Uh, had a fantastic brunch after we learned our COVID tests were negative and we were going to be able to fly back to the States. 
And uh, and then we went to Box Park, uh, the illustrious Box Park for some pre-match festivities. Had an awesome time. I mean, the the incredible difference between the Wembley Day for the men and the Wembley Day for the women is uh, give me the women atmosphere every time. I mean, it's so much friendlier. It's so much nicer. It's so much less toxic. I mean, it, it was it was great. You had City fans and Chelsea fans within Box Park mingling, laughing at each other's no, jokes. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Nick, I've watched football before. Sure. And I've been told you can't have supporters commingled like that. Many have said this, Dan, but I'm here to prove you wrong uh, because it turns out if you're not a complete dickhead that you can interact with other people just fine. It's great. Uh you know, and, and Box Park is is kind of like a, you know, family fun center. There's a bunch of stuff there for, for people to do, a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of drinking stations, stuff like that. But we had a great day out. We met up with our friends from, from the Twin Cities Blues again. Uh, we met up with Maria and Jam and, and Nishal uh, and uh, met up with Jesse and, and their cohort, uh, their their variable army of, of reporter and, and influencer friends and uh, also saw the Chelsea Pride group uh, too. I mean, this was Box Park was just a place to be. Dan, I don't know what else to say. Uh, Kelly and the women's supporters group were there mm. in fine force as well. Everybody was ready for the match, and again, uh, a trip to Wembley that did not disappoint. Unlike our first trip there in the weekend, someone even tweeting us that we were going to be the curse. Apparently, I feel like I'm just going to put this out there. You are at Porto. You have defied curse assignment for your history of a Chelsea fan, or at least uh, between now and the next time we win the Champions you, uh, League. Which, uh, I don't are know, you suggesting, Dan, that we have a lifetime pass on being called bad luck? <laughs> I, I think I do. I, mm, I think I'm going to push that on there in reverse, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The atmosphere, I would I would say, for, for the women's match, uh, first of all, the largest attendance uh, in, in women's FA Cup history, so well done to everyone who, who was there on not the best weather day, admittedly, but but still good. Uh, the game, incredible. Uh, both teams really giving it their all. Chelsea winning 3-2 in, in extra time. And you got to see a bunch of, of football fans just really having a great day out. I don't I don't know what else there is to say about it, Jake. It was it was a fantastic day. Yeah. It was it was a fantastic game, a fantastic day, and fantastic people. Everyone there was very friendly. We uh, we got to see Terry again. Aforementioned <laughs> second interaction. Um, he was he was already having a real good time when we saw him. So I think that says all that needs to be said. Really, everyone was having a blast. Oh, well, I mean, uh, Andrew and Jason did try to get us to drink a Budweiser, though, which felt sure. very unfortunate. That wasn't that was the only that unfortunate the worst part, part of the day. That was that wasn't them. That was me, boys. That was also in Nick, your face. Yeah, Nick did yes. hand me that. Budweiser. He did it. He's done it. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, uh, Jason, member of the Porto Five, there uh, with his with his brother in law, and also drank Budweisers. Uh, Dan didn't finish his, so uh, public shaming commenced there. And uh, is it public shaming or yes. the intelligence to realize it's a Budweiser look, and you shouldn't be drinking? Look, baby, if you need some fuel, go with the diesel. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, look, I, I can't say enough about the women's team they are such a joy they're so accessible they had so much fun celebrating and uh yeah it put a nice end to that to that trip 
uh, it allowed us to go home, record a quick pod with Joe, uh, have a couple of drinks, and then pack to go home in a few hours. And uh, look, I won't I won't spoil anything, but an 18-hour travel day, not great for the rest of your week, Dan. Well, I will say we faced with the decision of uh, waiting around in Box Park for all the shenanigans that uh, wonderful friends of the show got to take advantage of, which was uh, being side by side with some players, potentially lifting the FA Cup trophy um, uh, in and around the, the Box Park area. We did see the women's team, Emma Hayes and others, arrive, which was uh, very, very cool to see them come in and to see the wonderful Chelsea supporters were there, give them a warm reception, uh, just as warm as the one that they received on the pitch, as well after winning after uh, the full time of extra time. Yeah, it was great. Um, we, we made the tactical decision to eat food there, stay longer, drinking with friends, uh, and then uh, you know hoof it back to uh, the uh, mobile headquarters of London is Blue for our time in London to get that last podcast in the books. But that kind of wrapped it up. That was the trip. Um, you know, just kind of random one or two questions. Um, favorite food that you had on the trip? Favorite meal? Favorite meal? I. It's a tie. It's a tie between Ooh. the curry on Sunday uh, after the women won the, the league and uh, Dan's recommendation of Camino for me. I think it's I think it's the curry for me. So I'll tip the scale. That curry mm. was a delight. It was quite immaculate. Yeah, there, there was those, uh, those uh, ham and cheese croquettes, though, at Camino <sighs> with the uh, manchego cheese on top. Yeah, I don't know. Those were the, I mean, those were the two standout meals for me, though. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. Um, favorite chant of the week. Leads, leads are falling apart again. That one, uh, that one really resonated with me, Dan. That was great. Yeah, I still like the na 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 na. Leads are going down, going, going down. down. Leads are going, are going down. down. That was yeah, that, that, I think that melody stuck with Dan all week after that match. <laughs> oh, it did. Coming at and the I whole understand. fucking time. And there was moments I remember on like days after the Leeds match, I would have it stuck in my head and then Dan would start singing it and I'd be like, all right, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, any final thoughts, last things that we want to cap on this one? Because again, a, a long trip for us, a uh, long time coming. We, we can't wait to get back over. We've got a massive uh, opportunity with the club here in the States over the summer that we're mentally uh, preparing ourselves and uh, physically potentially preparing our liver again for the <laughs> onslaught that we'll bring unto it. Um, but Nick, yeah, I think this was... Uh, well, well earned, well deserved, and um, you know, lived up to kind of our own hype that we had set up for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for for those of you who have known us for for a long time, you know, these are kind of work and play trips for us. Uh, Dan and I did a ton of planning for summer content. We did a ton of recording. We did some really important meetings. We, you know, if you would see our trip grid and our, our schedule, you'll know that we were uh, we were quite busy. Uh, during these 10 days. Uh, this was not just us uh, out drinking all the time, even though we, we did quite a bit of that. So, yeah, I mean, the pace of these trips is always way too fast. We always have too many people to see. We didn't get to quite everyone that, that we'd hoped to get to, but we're going to go back 
you know, late August, early September, do it all over again, get to see those people and more. So uh, to all of the uh, old friends that we got to see again, we love you guys. To all the new friends that we met, fantastic to to start that relationship. And uh, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about the football as much as I wanted uh, the Chelsea men to win the FA Cup while we were there. Uh, it was really about the day out and just embracing that experience with as many of our, our friends as possible. So thank you to everyone who made this trip as special as it was for us. And Jake, your final thoughts on your first trip with the crew. And uh, really the question is, would you do it again um, on the spot? Yeah, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. In fact, um, it was it was a fantastic time. I'm I'm very thankful that I had y'all there with me for it. I feel like I got the full Chelsea experience as uh, as an American coming over. I feel like I could not have gotten a better experience possible, especially if I wasn't a part of the LIB crew nowadays and had just gone over for the first time by myself. So very thankful for y'all. Very thankful for all the fans and all the folks and all the friends that have welcomed us into that community. And yeah, I just, it was it was everything I could have wanted and more. Oh, we're we're glad to hear that. And uh, look, that wraps our podcast. We made it back to the U.S. safely and sound, and we did so in fine fashion. Even getting a chance, as I did, to witness someone turning on their cellular uh, right after the flight landed in Seattle, Washington, and to see that Arsenal uh, had lost, in fact, to Newcastle 2-0, yes. face-palming themselves uh, at the just sheer lunacy of Arsenal. Uh, uh, look, we have secured top four, uh, which, while not a momentous achievement, uh, so like a title um, or additional trophies, uh, does mean that Chelsea will be playing in the Champions League next season, uh, which can make for even more exciting away days and trips that we get up to next year in the 2022-23 Chelsea season. But that's going to wrap this episode. We're done now. We're focused off the trip. We've got a match versus Leicester coming up. We've got the final match of the season versus Watford. We've got tons of summer content planned and coming your way. But until next time, Chelsea fans, thank you for your support and love. And you have to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.